Hello, hello, and welcome to Dear Nikki, a podcast where I answer all of your user research-related questions. I hope you are doing well. I apologize in advance for my voice or any coughs that might slip by. I have managed to catch some sort of summer flu, and I am going to blame that on the fact that it has been a horrible summer in Jersey. Absolutely horrible. And I realized that everybody in Jersey can't stop talking about it. So that's all we talk about now is the horrible summer weather that we're having, or actually lack of summer weather that we are having. It is, or it has been about... 50 degrees or in the 50s, 50 degrees Fahrenheit, sometimes in the 60s, uh, which translates to, I believe, oof, like 15 or so Celsius. Not always the best when it comes to, uh, or less than 15, actually. I think, you know, 12, 13, 15, you know, the, the, uh, the teens, the early teens, let's say. But anyways, I do apologize for my voice and if I talk slowly, it's just it's the sore throat that really has gotten me recently and it's not been fun, but here we are and we're going to talk about fun things. Well, we're going to talk about interesting things because the question that I got today is a really great question that I'm excited to dive deeper into. So this is from one of our listeners. Thank you again for submitting your question. So this person said, I was recently laid off and my manager gave me the advice to work on my stakeholder management skills. Do you know the best way I can go about doing that? I've already enjoyed your treat stakeholders like users masterclass. Do you have any other tips or perspectives on this advice? So first off, I'm really sorry to hear about the layoff and I hope that you're doing well and I hope that you're taking care of yourself and giving yourself all the self-care and every single thing that you need during this time. It's not fun to get laid off. That is for sure. There are some there are some pros. <laughs> I at least I I tried to find some when I was laid off, but by and large it is a very scary time. So I am I am very sorry to hear about your layoff. And again, I hope that you are doing everything in your power to be kind to yourself during this time. It's a very important part of, you know, kind of coping with something like this. But to get to your question, more importantly, the stakeholder management skills, first off, I hope that you got more advice than to just, quote, work on your stakeholder management skills. Because stakeholder management is a very vague term that we throw around. It's kind of like the term storytelling, you know? Be better at storytelling. It's like, okay, what does that actually mean? So when somebody tells you, like your manager tells you, to work on your stakeholder management skills, I really hope that they went a little bit more in depth into what that actually means for you. And I know that you said that you were recently laid off, so I'm not sure if you're still in touch with your manager or not. And I'm not sure if they would respond to you 
if you reached out and asked them to be a little bit more clear or prescriptive on what they meant. But that is something that I might recommend if if that's something that you're interested in doing because a blanket term like work on your stakeholder management skills is not really going to give you what you need to actually get better <laughs> at stakeholder management. It's it's just a very vague statement and a very vague piece of feedback. Now, if you don't have contact with your manager and or don't feel comfortable reaching out and having that person break down exactly what they meant by it, what I would recommend doing, and this is something that I recommend everybody do for whatever skills that they don't feel comfortable with, is holding for yourself a bit of kind of like a retrospective on your stakeholder management skills, right? Or any skill that you feel like you are not doing well in. Because what can happen, and when I started working on my stakeholder management skills, I had gotten actually similar feedback. Like people were always like, be better at stakeholder management, engage stakeholders better, you know, manage your stakeholders better. And I'm like, what does this mean? You know, like, cool, thanks. So (laughs) what am I supposed to do? Right. And so when I got that feedback, well, I ignored it for a while because I I rolled and didn't really understand what it meant. And when back in the day when I didn't understand what something meant or I was scared of something, I kind of ignored it, which I do not recommend doing. But hey, here we are. That's fine. We all have our own coping mechanisms. But when I started to actually dig into what stakeholder management means and how I could improve my stakeholder management skills, what I did was a little bit of a retrospective slash reflection of what stakeholder management meant to me and how I had believed for myself, right? So it's a bit subjective, how I believed for myself that I had done it well and what I thought I didn't do well, and what I wanted to change in the future, and then how I was going to enact that change, right? So when it comes to stakeholder management, there are different, I guess, concepts within stakeholder management and how you would define it. And I don't think anybody has come out and defined what stakeholder management actually means because I'm sure just like everything else in our field, there are 50,000 ways and perspectives that people have on, on what stakeholder management actually is. But what I would do for yourself is sit down and reflect on what stakeholder management means to you and how you want to manage your stakeholders and how you want to show up in this way as a user researcher. Right. So whenever I did this, I sat down and I said, okay, Nikki, what is stakeholder management. What does it mean to you? And I actually, for a really long time, I tried to change from using the term stakeholder management to stakeholder collaboration because I didn't like the word management. I was in no way managing anybody. And the management word gave, and to me at least, kind of a negative connotation. Like I'm trying to manage somebody. I'm trying to wrangle somebody. I'm trying to, you know, felt like I'm trying to get a bunch of toddlers in a room and fix them or make them listen or, you know, herding cats, (laughs) you know, management just seemed like 
negative to me. And so I tried for a really long time to change whenever I used this language to stakeholder collaboration. By and large, I don't do that anymore. In my mind, I think about it as stakeholder collaboration. Whenever I see the words stakeholder management, I just think, okay, collaborative, right? Because it's just, that's how, that's what we call it. So it was really hard for me to, every single time I wanted to use the term stakeholder management to then change it to stakeholder collaboration. I wish we would. I wish as a field, we would all start saying uh, stakeholder collaboration instead of stakeholder management. So if you all want to rally behind that, I am here for you. I am happy to, you know, perpetuate that and make that a thing. But anyway, so when I sat down, that was the first thing that came to my mind was I didn't like the word stakeholder management. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to define what that actually meant for me. And what that meant was collaboration, right? So when I sat down to say, okay, Nikki, what does stakeholder management mean to you? To me, it meant collaborating with my stakeholders and colleagues in a way that is effective and efficient and satisfactory, the three cornerstones of usability, for both of us, right? So for me, my colleague, for the organization, and for users, right? So I almost have a square there. And on each side, there's somebody who I want to have a collaboration with and impact in, a, in an effective, efficient, and satisfactory way. Right. So it's, it's, I guess maybe not a square because what I mean by this is by having an effective and efficient and satisfactory collaboration with my colleagues. So with my stakeholders, then I am having a knockoff effect where we have a good relationship and thus the organization benefits and then as well the user benefits too. Right. So it's more of a, I guess, symbiotic relationship rather than, rather than a square. Not creative visualizations. This is why I'm not a designer <laughs> and why I operate on words rather than rather than pictures. So I sat down and I defined that to myself and I was like, okay, it's collaborative, it's effective, it's efficient, and it's satisfactory. And so what I did is I took I kind of wanted to like usability test my stakeholder management. And so what I did is I said, okay, what does it mean for my relationships and collaborations with stakeholders to be effective? What does it mean for them to be efficient? What does that mean for them to be satisfactory? Right. And I jotted down what I thought from my side. Right. So let's take efficiency because it's a bit easier. So from my side, for it to be efficient on both sides, right? I didn't only want to think about the stakeholder side because and I, I talk a, a lot about like treat stakeholders like users and and I will refer to the ebook that I have in my podcast resources for this particular episode. And I highly recommend going to read that because it's all about, you know, your stakeholders as users of your product, which is your research. But what I don't want to do and didn't want to do is only focus on stakeholder needs. I also wanted to focus on my needs as a user researcher to make that relationship a positive one because if I don't tell people what I need, I can't expect them to know that and then do that. So when it comes to something like breaking down the efficiency, so what would make that relationship feel efficient, right? It's both me being able to do user research in an efficient way. So having processes set up at an organization, 
being very clear with what the process is, setting up expectations with how long the process is going to take, being able to lean out something if necessary, if possible, being able to say, okay, you want all of this done in this timeline. That's not possible, but we can do this, this, and this. So being able to be flexible with approaches if po- if and when possible, right? But that also means on their side, bringing me into research early enough, giving me an idea of what their upcoming roadmap is, helping me plan my research roadmap by understanding their roadmap, right? So again, it's not only looking at the stakeholders' needs and that side, but also what I need from them to make that relationship efficient, right? And then, so what I did is I broke down, okay, what does, what makes it effective from both sides? What makes it efficient from both sides? What makes it satisfactory from both sides, right? And so I jotted those things down on my own, okay? And then what I did is I did a retrospective. So based on what I came up with, I also, sorry, before I did that, I came up with the ideal goals that I have, goals and outcomes that I have for stakeholder management. So what I mean by that, for example, is some goals that I have with stakeholder management is to collaborate like end-to-end on projects, to have stakeholders be a part of the project, to have them come to the sessions, to be a part of synthesis, to really be in the entire end-to-end project wherever they can, wherever makes sense for them. That's a huge goal that I have for stakeholder management, right? Another goal that I have for stakeholder management is to for, for people to come to me, so stakeholders to come to me for research, but for also for stakeholders to be receptive to proactive research. So to research that, I recommend they do because I see certain gaps across teams and I say, hey, this would be a great project, right? That would answer several questions that different teams have. And for stakeholders to both be receptive to that and to also come to me when they're feeling that they have a research need. So much more of a back and forth relationship rather than just one of us expecting the other to come to us, right? And say, oh, well, you didn't come to me with that research project. But instead for us as researchers to also be proactive and for that to happen, of course, we need that that those relationships to be effective and efficient and satisfactory, right? So some outcomes as well that I had for stakeholders was to help stakeholders make better decisions with my data or with the research that I present to them. So that was a big outcome is to have them actually use the research and make better decisions or make whatever decisions they have to make based on that research, right? Another outcome that I had for my stakeholders was as well to educate them on the importance and value of research so that I wasn't in a place where I was begging people to do research, right? So educating them to not only to not beg them, but also so they knew when to come to me if they had a research project in mind, knew what they could come to me from for, sorry, my brain's a little muddled, knew how they could come to me, knew why they were coming to me, right? So that education piece was a huge outcome for me too when it came to stakeholder collaboration, let's say. 
Because our stakeholders don't go to user research collaboration 101 school, you know? So if we don't tell them how they can come to us, when they can come to us, why they can, why they should come to us, you know, how we can help them, what they can come to us with, then how are they supposed to know, right? For a really long time, I did not know anything about analytics and data analysts and when I could go to data analysts and how I could go to them, what kind of questions I could ask them, why I would go to them. I For such a long time, I just did not understand that whole data analytics. I also didn't understand data science in the slightest. So I didn't know how much I was missing out on in collaborating with them because I did, I just didn't know. And so I went and I educated myself. Like I talked to them. I asked them questions. I had them run me through things. And yes, I will say that I perpetuated that. I was the trigger point in that. And maybe it would have been great if they had come to me or they had held an educational session that had answered those questions, but not everybody is that trigger point, right? So it's nice to kind of get ahead of that. So one of those outcomes was to educate stakeholders on user research and what that actually looks like. So with that, I had my definition, my breakdown of efficiency, effectiveness, and satisfaction when it comes to stakeholder relationships from my side and the stakeholder side. I had my goals and outcomes for stakeholder management or stakeholder collaboration. And then what I did was I did my own little retrospective where I looked across my most recent projects. I would say of this past six months, three to six months, depending on how many projects you did. And I did that retrospective where I said, okay, what did I do well? What did I not do well? What do I want to do better? And how would I enact that? Right? So some things that I have done well in the past is I'm generally a pretty friendly person. I really like getting to know people. And something that I did was I went through and I individually spoke to a lot of my stakeholders to like really get to know them, get to know what's going on with them, understanding you know, what their past was like, what their pain points are with research, what their needs are, what their goals are for their team, you know, what some of their anxieties and fears are when it comes to their role, what what's going on in their mind, you know? So I did a really good job with individually sitting down with my stakeholders to better understand them and also understand how they work so that I could find a way, right, to put user research in their process, right? So not by not by completely compromising my process but figuring out how the two processes could overlap in the best way what i didn't do well the list goes on it's a huge list but i have worked on a lot of it but one of the things that i did not do well actually was that education piece right so i didn't really educate people on what problems they should come to me for how they should come to me, when they should come to me, why they should come to me. I just kind of assumed that everybody would be like, oh, I have a question. I'm going to go to Nikki for research, right? But I didn't do a good job of of showing people or demonstrating to people, hey, if you have this problem, that's something I can help answer. Hey, if you have that problem, that's something I can help answer. Hey, if you have this other problem, I might not be able to answer it, but I might have some ideas on how you could answer it, right? So 
something that I did is I realized that. And then I said that I wanted to do a better job with educating people. And then I figured out how I was going to enact that. And it would be educational presentations, but more about case studies of how I have helped colleagues with research. So I took literal questions and I said to people, hey, do you have this question? Because this is how I helped another team. Hey, do you have a question like this? Because this is how I helped this other team. Right? So I gave actual case studies of how I help teams because it's really hard to tell people what kind of que- – because we could we can answer a whole lot of questions when you think about it. As, as user researchers, we're, we're really good at answering questions, most questions, right? Of course, not all questions because qualitative research – I'm talking strictly about qual, um, even mixed methods research, I would say – Research in general does have a limit, right? There are some questions that simply we're not great at asking. We can't ask about the future. If anybody can, awesome, let me know. But by and large, research isn't great at asking about the future or predicting the future in that way. But we can ask and answer a lot of different questions with research. And so it's hard for us to imagine trying to list all the questions that we could answer for your stakeholders. Like it's it's really hard. That's why what I wanted to do is I wanted to pick some case studies of questions that I had helped other teams answer because I figured, you know, that whole thing is like, you're not the only one who has that question. You know, when people are like, I have a dumb question. You're like, no questions are dumb. And you're probably not the only one who has it. Please ask the audience because I'm sure by answering, I will help other people. Same thing. Like, I took, I figured since other teams had had these questions, I was sure that other people might have similar ones, right? And then, so I did that. I educated people with those actual case studies about what research could actually help them with. And then something else that I did was I offered open office hours where people could actually come to me and drop in and say hi and say, is this a valid question or I'm having this thought? And I would sit down and partner with them. So I tried really hard to put myself as a thought partner for this person because what I didn't want to do is if somebody came to me and said, oh, I want to figure out if people would buy this in the future and me saying, no, we can't do that. Well, no, we we can't. We can't ask that question. But what I wanted to say instead was, okay, I'm going to work with you to understand what you're trying to get at and then I can recommend something to help you, right? So I sat with them rather than – I mean, I still had my expertise because I said we're not going to ask people a f- future-based question about purchasing behavior. What we're going to do is this instead. So I still had that expertise, but I was also a thought partner for them. And that really helped me with establishing a trusting and satisfactory and effective and efficient – there we go – relationship with my stakeholders. By becoming that thought partner, then they came to me – beyond just asking a question or just as a to-do list, they actually came to me to talk and have a discussion. So that was something that I found was super helpful when I went through my retrospective to really highlight the things that first that I was doing well and that I wanted to continue doing, right? So what are the things that I did well and I wanted to continue doing? And then for the things that I didn't do well, and that I wanted to change, figuring out how I was actually going to change them and experimenting, right? Not every one of my ideas landed very well, 
right? So for for and not every idea, I will say, not every idea lands at every single company. So at one company, what I did to show and demonstrate the value of user research is I actually had people try and use our app to book something. <laughs> and people like new people. So I did a presentation on user research every month for all the newbies. And nobody could it was like a mess it was so funny cuz everybody was like uh oh you know and that didn't land at every single organization that i worked with worked for right so some it didn't make sense because of the nature of the app or product or service and others just weren't super interested in it so i had to keep iterating and and figuring out new ideas but what i would say is like make this as much as you can. At least I found it kind of fun, but make this kind of creative. You know, get creative with this part. And don't be scared to try new things and experiment and fail and get better, right? So, and the last part that's super important is once I outlined all of this and I went through what I thought made these relationships effective, efficient, satisfactory, my goals, my outcomes, and what I wanted to do better and how I was going to do it, I actually sat down with some colleagues that I really trusted, that I really had open, awesome relationships with, and I walked them through this and I asked for their feedback, right? And so I asked them on their side, what would, for them, what would make a relationship between them and user research effective? What would make it efficient? What would make it satisfactory? What goals did they have? What outcomes were they looking for? And then I walked them through some things that I wanted to improve upon and how I was thinking about doing it and got, I just got their feedback on it, right? And I know that you said that you were recently laid off, so this might not be something that you can do. And, and even if you're not laid off and working in an organization, this might not be something that you're quite comfortable doing yet. Although I do really, 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 really recommend, that was the word, wasn't coming to me at first, recommend that you do find some of those people in your organization that can give you this kind of feedback. And you know what? Actually, I would say even if it's not necessarily in your organization, of course that's best because that's where you're putting in to practice these ideas. And that would be the first line of feedback that I would be looking for and that would be helpful for you probably. But if you don't find anybody in your org that feels good to do this with, do it with somebody else, right? So do it with somebody outside your org that you trust. Have another fellow user researcher look it over, right? Like kind of think through how you how, – whoever else you could do this with if you don't feel comfortable doing with with somebody else. And I will say that even if you can't do it with somebody else, just the practice and the exercise – of doing this by yourself, I think would be very, very helpful for you because instead of just blanket terming this, that's not a word, but here we are, summer flu, instead of just putting stakeholder management into this mysterious box, break it down for yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be this this mysterious thing. It doesn't have to be this buzzword. It doesn't have to be this thing that everybody says that we don't actually know what it means. Make it mean something for yourself and break those things down and understand what it really means to you. Understand also what it means to your stakeholders and find those overlaps, right? 
find the things that you're doing well, find the things that you need to improve upon and create some some interesting and different ideas behind that. I remember once we were oh, there there had been quite a few complaints about how you know other people in the company didn't really understand what was going on with research and product and sometimes there would be these random new features and account managers were kind of confused about why these were coming out, uh, what, how to give feedback on them before they came out because they were saying, hey, if you would have let us know about this feature, we could have told you these extra things to just do in the MVP because they're super important, right? So what I did is I created demo desk. So whenever we had a new feature going live, which was actually quite often, so I actually had more than one demo desk, but demo desk is a concept. What I did is I put out our test devices and I told people, hey, we have a feature coming out. Please go to the demo desk, try it out, go through the screens. And I had this sheet of paper with questions, you know, what do you think of this? What's your feedback? What is missing? What's confusing? What would you add? You know, and colleagues and especially colleagues who were close with our customers were so super helpful. So they would go and they would say, hey, actually, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This would make sense instead. And they gave really great feedback. And I did it in a way where before we went live, we we did the demo desk and we had time between when the demo desk went, went out and when people gave feedback to actually take that feedback in and change some things and and improve them. So that was another really kind of interesting way to try and combat this problem that I was having, right, where other people in the company didn't really understand what was going on or why we were doing certain feature or why we were, you know, shipping certain features in certain ways, right? And so that really that also really helped with my stakeholder management skills, I would say outside of the product and and tech org you know, it helped me with marketing and helped me with account management, with sales, with customer support, because they felt more included in the process. Right. So that was something interesting that came out of this. And I would really recommend thinking about some creative and fun ways that you can take the things that you need to improve upon and to actually say, okay, these are some things that I'm going to try. And again, it's okay. That demo desk didn't work at every organization. It worked at a few, but not every single one, right? And that's okay. So we have to also be okay with experimenting and trying new things and failing because it's fine to fail. Failing is learning. So what I would recommend for you or for anybody who wants to up these stakeholder management skills is to sit down and do this reflection piece, like define stakeholder management for yourself and break that down, right? Really break that down into what that means. Create some goals for your stakeholder management, create some outcomes for your stakeholder management, then do this retrospective on what you're doing well. Make sure to celebrate the things that you're doing well. Do not just gloss over it, okay? Celebrate. Give yourself a high five, yourself a pat on the back, you know, have a tea, have a coffee, have a soda, have a glass of wine, whatever you want, you know, but actually take the time to celebrate the things that you're doing well. And then the things that you can improve on, how you're going to, and how you're going to actually go about doing that. So I would recommend going through that because, and I will say, Read my Treat Stakeholders Like Users ebook 100%. But the best thing that you can do is instead of having somebody else 
tell you what to do because that's what I had happen. I can only say things in vague terms because I don't know everybody's circumstance, right? And so the best thing that you can do is try and personalize this for yourself, for your role, for your org as much as you can. And this is a great exercise to do that with. So I am going to leave you there. I am going to go and get some more rest because I'm actually tired (laughs) from talking. I would try to go on a walk today and I made it, you know, just almost to the end of our little clow, which is kind of like for those in America, it's kind of like a cul-de-sac thing. And I was winded and then I picked some tomatoes and I was winded. So I'm very tired. I hope that that is helpful and please don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, of course, I really, really appreciate all subscriptions and also submit any questions that you have. I hope you have a fantastic day, evening, morning, depending on wherever you are, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.